0: Welcome to Kingdom Wealth Podcast. My name is Bill McMurdo. What I want us to look at today is the provision of God in these end times. Now, we're living, many believe, right now in the end times. And so that means we're entering Mark of the Beast territory for many. And of course, some see that as being on the horizon. Uh, the imminent horizon, uh, if you're looking at uh, vaccine passports, things like that, uh, because one of the infamous indicators of, if you like, the end times of the beast system, and the beast system doesn't just pop up suddenly. It's been around for a long time. In a sense, it's it's always been around because uh, it's, of course, linked to Daniel's vision of um, the, the, the image of the man, um, the uh, head of gold, and so on, all the different empires from Babylon, certainly onwards. But even before that, you had Egypt, you had Rahab. Rehab is a symbolic name for Egypt. So a kingdom, an empire, uh, a mountain, because mountain is a metaphor, for kingdoms and empires and powers in the earth, there's always been something that opposes God's people. There's always been um, uh, Egypt, there's always been a Babylon, there's always been a kingdom, Rome, that persecutes the people of God. And so we have, of course, the eight beasts and uh, Revelation. Of course, we have the beast from the sea, and then we have the beast coming out of the earth, and that's in Revelation chapter thirteen, and that infamous indicator of the beast system, which we'll look at just now. And it says, verse eleven of Revelation thirteen, "I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the beast, sorry, causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast." Whose deadly wound was healed, and he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And then it's these verses here I want us to zero in on, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed and he causeth all he causeth all he causes all it says here both small and great okay so this is not just for poor people Uh, it says rich and poor free and bond to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is a number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. Now, I'm not really intending to go into the end times uh, and teach, you know, end time stuff in terms of um you know the Antichrist, what's happening, what's going to happen, stuff like that. I'm looking at it from the perspective here of provision, from the perspective of kingdom wealth. You see, as you know, I teach kingdom wealth and I teach that Christians should be wealthy, should be rich, so that they can fund the work of God, so that they can be powerful for God in the earth, so that the kingdom of God has the wealth and therefore the power in the earth. And I believe there's much to back that up in scripture. Of course, this, the other side of it is covetousness and the desire to be rich in in the wrong way because you're just lusting after wealth. And that, of course, the love of money is the root of all evil. We see that all around us. But kingdom wealth is not about the love of money. It's about the love of God and the love of people and using money as a tool uh, to both further the kingdom of God, to establish God's covenant in the earth, and we'll look at that in a minute, but also to meet the needs of the people and to further the gospel. But here we have uh, the economy of man. This is where we're heading. We see all around us the drive towards communism, which is just another way of saying antichrist. And communism and the antichrist spirit is a a poverty-producing spirit. It will make you poor. It will erode your wealth. It will take away your freedoms, your liberties, your rights, your power. It'll mess with your head, as we see all around you now, all the crazy stuff going on. And we could, again, speak about that. But I want us to focus in on the solution rather than the problem. But here's the economy of Antichrist. You are not allowed to buy and sell without having the mark, the name, or the number of his name. Okay? One thing I want to point out here, it's so important, is people say, oh, this is the Antichrist, he produces this. This is actually the false prophet. This is the beast out of the earth that does this. Okay? Um, so, but that's just a little bit of... Um, Theology for you. The key thing here is this the economy of Antichrist or Babylon or the beast system or Leviathan is that you will not be able to buy or sell. You will not have any place in the economy without the mark of the beast. Now, a lot of Christians look at that and go, oh no, you know, it's coming. Uh, we're going to be having to rummage through bins to get food. We're going to have to rely on, you know, supernatural angels bringing us food out of thin air type thing. And, and all of that, certainly not the in the bins bit, but supernatural provision, well, yes, amen. God can cause that you are provided for, just like he fed Elijah with the ravens. He can do something like that. He can bring stuff to you supernaturally. But I've been listening to the voice of the Lord you know, in my spirit of late. And I really believe that God has reminded me of something that Kingdom Wealth is all about. And I teach this stuff. I teach it at Bible college. I teach biblical economics. And I'm a little bit ashamed even that God had to show me this. Because I ought to realize this. And I suppose in a sense I always have in my spirit. And but maybe because of whatever, all the craziness that's going on in recent times, I've lost sight of this. If if I'm being honest. But the Lord reminded me and showed me far more clearly than perhaps I've ever understood. And it's that he has an alternative economy. The economy of the world. We think, oh, well, everybody's going to have to live this way. You know, we're going to have to hide uh, in attics. We're going to have to rummage through bins. We're going to have to, um, you know, hide in caves, all that stuff. And I'm not saying that there might not be an element of hiding away. But let me just say this to you. I think what really God is saying here when he's shown us the antichrist system is, that nobody is going to be able to buy and sell. That's in the world's economy. That's in antichrist economy. But scripture is replete, brothers and sisters, with evidence that God's purpose is to bring an alternative, a different economy. And if it has to run side by side with the enemy's economy, um, the antichrist economy... If it has to run side by side with that and Christians live in the alternative economy that we don't need the mark of the beast because he's providing for us but not only providing for us supernaturally in a hidden way where we're, we're all, as I said, hiding away from the stormtroopers of Antichrist. No, no, no. I believe God is saying, no, I'll have an alternative kingdom economy set up and my people will live from that. They won't need the mark of the beast because they'll be wealthy With kingdom wealth. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18 says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Now, there it is, friends. God gives power to get wealth. I want to ask you a question. Does God remove the power to get wealth just because the world has an antichrist economy? I don't believe it. You know, the world's always had an antichrist economy in some sense because there's always been that element um, since way back, even before Israel was a nation, there's always been that element of people who worship false gods. But of course, Abraham was called out of out of the Chaldees to worship the true and living God, and God made covenant with him. And certainly since those days, and remember that Abraham uh, gave a, a tenth of the spoils of war to Melchizedek, So there's always been a Melchizedek economy. There's always been a godly economy. There's always been a kingdom economy in the earth. And that's so important for us to remember that way back in those days. And then, of course, when Israel was in the land of Goshen, Israel had a different setup, of course, than the Egyptians, particularly when the plagues came because they didn't touch the land of Goshen. And then when they were in the wilderness, then in the promised land, Now, I'm not saying there haven't been times of struggle. There haven't been times where there have been tests and fights and so on. But God's always had an alternative economy. And in the wilderness, it was manna and then quail. And and God provided for them. And this is the key thing. God's provision doesn't stop just because the Antichrist gains a foothold among the nations. And there are a lot of things that we can look at in Scripture to say, does this beast economy uh, is it really as all-powerful as perhaps our fears have made it out to be or a wrong teaching or a wrong perception of Antichrist economy? Because, you know, you read Revelation chapter 18 and it speaks about, I don't want to go into it in detail, we have in other places and we, we'll continue to do that, but Revelation 18 speaks about in one day and in one hour, so great riches has come to naught. And all the merchants of the earth and all the kings, they're, they're all weeping and wailing and screaming because God destroys their economy. How does that happen? Now, guys like Peter Wagner, Peter Wagner taught this, other people have taught it, I've taught it myself, that the fall of Babylon is a wealth transfer event. What happens during the fall of Babylon, I believe, is that the wealth doesn't just disappear and come to nothingness. Their riches, i.e. the people plugged into the beast system, plugged into the Antichrist, the people with the mark, I believe they lose their wealth because God magnetizes the wealth of the nations towards you and I, towards the church, the ecclesia, the people of God, particularly, of course, and perhaps only the remnant people of God. And that's so important. To get into this stuff, you need to be part of the remnant of God. I don't really have a message that I'm aware of anymore for for Christians who are not the remnant. And I don't want to get into that either because there's just too much involved with that and it becomes a whole different message. But to be a remnant saint of God is somebody who is faithful and loyal to God, particularly when the Antichrist economy is being set up. In other words, of course, you take the mark of the beast, you're finished. You're not part of God's economy and you are in eternal, uh, you're in peril of eternal damnation and destruction, and we just don't want to go there. So be a remnant saint, okay? But I've always taught that at the same time as Revelation 18 is happening, uh, the parallel passage to this is Isaiah chapter 60. And I want to spend pretty much the bulk of this message, uh, what's left of it, in Isaiah chapter 60, okay? And we see here in Isaiah 60, right from the off, we see that there are two things going on. And that's key to understanding where we are. And that's key to understanding end time provision. That's key to understanding this, that there is an economy of the kingdom that God wants you to walk in. And supernatural supernatural power going on to magnetise wealth toward you at the same time the world is living under the mark of the beast system, which I think we're really, we're crashing headlong into. And if these uh, vaccines that they're speaking about prohibit you from buying and selling, then you were coming into that sort of territory. And you say, well, that's not the end times, Mark. Well, it's close enough to it. If it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, you know, walks like a duck, then it has that spirit about it. Now, let's get into Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Uh, For behold, or look, have a good look, darkness, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, or deep darkness the people, thick darkness. Darkness as black as night, one version says, covers all the nations of the earth, but the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. The Lord shall arise upon thee, his glory shall be seen upon thee. Now, I believe this with all my heart, that glory is meant to be manifest in the physical realm because it says here, at this time when darkness is all over the earth, deep darkness of people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee. That's God saying, you know, the earth has its antichrist system of wealth and economy, but I've got a kingdom economy and I'll arise over you and I'll show my glory. Now, just want to touch on this because this is what the Lord really been putting in my heart. And it's in this passage in recent times is that gold, um, gold is physical glory. I've taught this in the past that the glory of God in the eternal realm, if you have that glory about you and you get that glory into your spirit, man, if it rises upon you, then gold will appear in your life. And that's happened quite recently. Uh, to myself, and I believe that in this last days economy, gold will play a big part. Christians will receive gold and silver. It's in this chapter, okay. It says, no matter what's going on in the earth, the darkness that's happening, the light will arise upon you. The light of God and His glory shall be seen upon you, and I believe that includes spiritual eternal glory. You know, glory clouds stuff like that. But you see all these meetings where people have gold dust, and we've had that gold dust appearing. And meetings. I believe that's God saying that I will manifest tangible glory in your life and it will be gold. You will have and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, right? I I don't really do this not really into these prophecies um where people just do a blanket general prophecy and say, Oh, this day the Lord's gonna do this for you, because you know we're all individuals and and, and it's good to do that when it's based in the word. You see, well, the word says the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want, but But I'm not into these just general prophesying things. But I want to say this to you if you're listening to this. Receive this in your spirit, man. Receive it by faith. God wants to give you gold and silver. Amen. He wants gold and silver. Because gold, you tend to find gold, the price of gold always goes up. So £100 of gold today could be £300 in a few years' time. Okay. So that's better than the interest rates you get from the bank. And remember that gold is always, you know, gold doesn't change. Um, it's not really subject to the same erosion of value as cash is. Uh, cash could be worthless tomorrow, and so on. But if you have gold, you can either sell it to get cash if you need it, or you can use it as collateral to borrow uh, from brothers and sisters. The gold and the silver are coming to you. Remember he says the gold and the silver are mine. In that passage, in Haggai, where it speaks about uh, the treasures, the glory, uh, or, or the wealth coming into his temple the gold and the silver and mine he says and they come to the temple you're the temple now I've got a book on that uh, if you're interested um, all about how the wealth of the nations comes to you because you're the temple of God because your body is God's temple if you have a physical body on earth right now and let's face it if you don't <laughs> you wouldn't be here amen um, or you'd be some disembodied spirit and not a human. Um, but we won't go there. The point I'm trying to make is this. If you're sitting in your body right now, your body is a magnet for the wealth. You are a magnet for wealth. Amen. So if you want that book, get in touch and we'll get the ebook to you. Now, and it's free, by the way. Now watch this. The nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Let me just say this. National leaders will come to you when they see the gold show up and when they see the glory upon you, when it becomes manifest, visible glory of God and then shows up in your bank accounts because I believe it also transfers into money, okay? Remember that money was normally backed by gold and silver anyway. So riches and wealth are going to come to you when the glory of God shows up in your life. And people will see it and kings will notice it and leaders will notice it. Business leaders will notice it. Even in your job, you might find that the big boss of your company comes, chaps your door and says, we need you in head office. We need your wisdom. There's something about you. You've got wisdom. You've got knowledge. There's just a spirit of excellence about you. We need it. That's what this is talking about. And national leaders too will come to church leaders, chap on their door and say, we, we spoke about this just recently, one of our meetings, that they'll come to the door and they'll chat at the door and they'll say, What you guys have, we need. And we need your wisdom and we need it right now. All right. Kingdom wealth, brothers and sisters. Lift up your eyes round about and see all they gather themselves together, they come to thee. In other words, you're going to see multitudes coming. Your sons shall come from far, your daughters shall be nursed at your side. He's saying you're going to have harvest. People are coming. And then thou shalt see and flow together. Thine heart shall fear and be enlarged. The New King James says, Then you shall see and become radiant. Your heart shall swell with joy. Because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee, King James says, The forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. And it says in other translations, The wealth of the Gentiles, or the wealth of the nations, shall come to you. That word wealth is Kyle in the Hebrew. And that's the word used for wealth in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. God gives you power to get wealth. God gives you power to get Kyle. And you know, Kyle is a whole subject we will, we will touch on it in these podcasts. We will look at it. But um, it doesn't just mean wealth. It means wealth as in physical wealth, money, assets, resources, but it also has the meaning of forces or armies or, in effect, multitudes. What he's saying here, and I, I want to confess something. I didn't like the King James which said the forces of the Gentiles. I like the one that said the wealth, amen, <laughs> because forces, what does that mean? But what, what it actually means when you put the two things together and understand Kyle, and by the way, John Eckhart has a brilliant book on Kyle. Please get it. It'll, it'll just explode revelation knowledge into your mind and heart. Because Kyle is talking about the wealth, not just of physical wealth, riches, jewels, gold, silver, money, stock, shares, property, but it also speaks about the wealth that is in people. He speaks about multitudes. People will come with their money. The forces of the Gentiles, the wealth of the nations, shall come to you. And it means that men will come, women will come, children will come, and you'll be rich in people and you and they'll bring, just like the early church, they'll bring their possessions and lay them at the apostles' feet. They'll come to you leaders and say, look, we've got this property, can you use it? We just want to give it to the ministry. We've got all these stocks and shares, we've got all this money, we've got all these this jewellery that we want to give to the ministry. They'll come with their wealth. Amen. And again, I want to emphasise, Kingdom Wealth is not just about making you J.R. for those old enough to remember or you know, just uh, a, a tycoon. It's also and mainly about meeting the needs of the people so that there are no poor. God has a program to eliminate and destroy systemic poverty and it's called the Ecclesia, the church. Amen? The early church, those that didn't have so much were brought up to parity by those who did because they sold their possessions, they sold their land, and the apostles redistributed the wealth that was brought to them by those who sold their property and gave it to those who didn't have as much because it was an abomination to them to have poor people in the church not because they despised the poor not at all the very opposite they loved them enough to say we can't have these folks struggling while we're sitting with all this property all this money so you want to get back to the days of the early church that was the days of the early church Kingdom wealth, we, we think about it as Miracles and supernatural signs And our shadows, healing people All that stuff, but the real Way to get back to the early church And by the way it's not communism, not at all It's not saying well everybody should have The same, what it's saying is Nobody should lack, because it says In the early church, none of them lacked Amen, and you and I Ought to have that heart, that none of us lack We don't lack, and we don't allow Other people to lack, alright Kingdom wealth, again, I'll say it again Then it goes on, the multitude of camels will cover you. It says here, verse 7, I'll glorify the house of my glory. Now that means he's going to have a different economy in his house. Of course, the word economy simply means household. So God has a different household from the world. He's a different economy. He has different economics from the world. And end time provision comes by getting into God's economy Getting with the program and understanding God wants me rich so that I don't have to plug in to the buying and selling of Antichrist, which means I need to take some marks saying that I um, I despise God and I embrace this beast guy or beast system. Amen? And the old John McPhee here in Glasgow prophesied way back in the 20th century that the time was coming... Here in Britain when men would have to choose between the beast system and the house of David. Which of course is simply a matter of saying choose between the economy of the beast and the economy of God. Now he says this, verse 9, Surely the isles and we in the British isles shall wait for me in the ships of Tarshish first to bring thy sons from far the silver and their gold with them. There it is, that's what he's talking about, the forces of the nations. The resources, he's talking about the resources of people, sons and daughters, um, people coming their silver and their gold with them. And I believe there's a specificity about that, Spe- specificity, yeah, specificity, or just it's been specific that there'll be silver and gold in God's economy. Okay. Now, if you bring all the silver and gold into God's economy and leave that fiat money system to the beast, what it means is the true wealth lies with God's people. And I'm telling you right now, say it right now, I am a magnet for gold and silver because I am in the kingdom of God economy. The wealth of the nations comes to me. Say those things over and over, brothers and sisters. Now, watch this. They bring their silver and their gold with them. This is verse 9, Isaiah chapter 60. To the name of the Lord thy God and to the Holy One of Israel because he hath glorified thee. Now, when I says he has glorified thee, think of it this way. He has charged you like a magnet for the wealth of the nations for gold and silver. He's glorified you. He's made you a magnet for gold and silver. Because it says that's what they're bringing. Think about it. He's glorified. He has given you something in your spirit, man, that magnetizes the wealth of the nations towards you. And the sons of strangers shall build up thy walls. The king shall minister unto thee. Okay, look at this. Thy gates, verse 11, shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day nor night. Now that that could be internet stuff. Because, you know, when, you're, when you've got an internet presence... Um, as our ministry does, our donate button and all that. People can give you from all over the world at any time they choose to, okay? I'm not saying that's all there is to this, but I'm saying this is the internet age. This is a prophetic word about the last days, Isaiah 60. Bill Johnson teaches this, Peter Wagner, loads of guys. So it's not just me, uh, you know, saying these things. This is commonly accepted that Isaiah 60 is about the last days system, the world, and of course, the kingdom, the Zion part of it, the Zion economy, and it says that men may bring to you the forces of the Gentiles, or the wealth of the nat- the Gentiles, or so that men may bring you the wealth of the nations. Okay, um, the kings of to receive the wealth of many lands. In one translation, the kings that their kings may be brought that the kings come in procession. Or their kings are led in triumphal procession. They'll be led as captives in a victory procession. Remember, that's what the Romans did when they they conquered a territory. They would take their kings and bring them through the streets of Rome uh, to display to the people that they had conquered this land and their kings are being brought in procession. And then it says a nation... And kingdom that will not serve, thee shall perish. Those nations shall be utterly wasted. What he's saying here is the fall of Babylon. He's saying people that will not plug into the kingdom economy. Now listen, I'm in Britain, I'm in Scotland, and I'm believing that we're a haven nation from the Antichrist. But, you know, we have to make it happen. We came out of EU Babylon just recently. But the problem is not getting out of Babylon, it's getting Babylon out of Britain, it's getting Babylon out of America, it's getting Babylon out of your nation where you live. And if you can, through prayer and proclamation, decrees, God's functional ecclesia in the earth, his governmental assembly in the earth, if you can speak these things that you can topple the Antichrist system in your nation and turn your nation into a haven nation, then you, you can see those nations be destroyed as you stay out of it. Now, it might just happen in your little bubble. Do you understand? It might not be a national thing for you. You might just live maybe with another group of Christians that are into these things, the kingdom wealth. You might prosper as you see the nations all around you fall into uh, the fall of Babylon, the destruction fall into the sea. But you'll still be Strong in God's economy. Okay. Now just keep reading on Isaiah 60. You'll see this is all prophetic. This is all God saying that you'll be glorified, that people will come bending to you. Again, the Philadelphia Church, Revelation chapter 3. That's all part of this. Okay, being Philadelphia in the earth, being the true ecclesia of God. All they that despise thee shall bow themselves down at the soles of thy feet. They'll call you the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. That's what God's purpose is for you and I in these days. Whereas thou hast been forsaken and hated, so at no moment through thee, I will make thee an eternal excellency or an eternal majesty, a royal majesty eternally, a joy of many generations. You'll suck the milk of nations, suck the breast of kings. What he's saying here is God's kingdom economy, for you and I, that we walk and we function and we live in, that as that surrounds us, we will see the destruction of the Antichrist system. or oh, they're going to set it up. They are setting it up. But it will fall, it will be destroyed, and we will see that destruction, and we will benefit for it from it because the wealth of the nations will be transferred. It'll come to us. We're actually pulling on it right now. If you're listening to this message, responding to it and speaking these things. Into your life, you're actually sucking it out of the world system right now. The Antichrist beast system. And then he just said, you'll go on, you the sun will no more go down, the moon won't withdraw, the Lord will be to you an everlasting light, your God, your glory. A little one shall become a thousand, a small one, a strong nation. Multiplication. God wants you to multiply whatever you have right now in assets, whatever you have right now in income, whatever you have right now in possession. He wants it multiplied so that you can be a tycoon in God's economy. He wants you rich so that you can be a bestower of blessings. He doesn't mind you driving nice cars and living in big houses. He doesn't mind you enjoying the wealth. He just doesn't want you to be covetous. You don't need to covet your neighbor's wealth. You don't need to covet the rich man's wealth. The Bible contrasts the wealth of the rich man in the world system with the blessing of Abraham that functions. And that's key to this. That's key to this. There are two things functioning here. The key of David, which is God's kingdom authority and the earth. Seek ye first the kingdom authority of God and his righteousness. In other words, your right it, you have a right, your identity in Christ as a royal priest, as a king and priest, entitles you to function in God's kingdom economy. And these things shall be added. So you don't need to covet those things. You just need to show up and be who you are and know who you are and function from that place of knowing who you are. And then there's the blessing of Abraham, which is your Jesus became a curse so that you could be blessed with faithful Abraham. And remember that Abraham's blessing is a billionaire, trillionaire blessing. It's, not, it's never designed to be limited. So you can walk in as much of this as your spirit man can walk in, in terms of you devoting yourself to uh, walking in that rest of Abraham's building a blessing because you spend serious time listening to messages like this, meditating scripture and speaking who you are in Christ. Now I'm going to leave it here for today because there's a lot to take in. Listen to this message over and over again. We're going to be looking on these themes. It's so important to understand. In time provision means you getting serious with God about kingdom wealth. Now, it's not just, oh, well, that, that's old prosperity stuff. And, you know, the Lord told me many years ago um, you know, that I'm not a prosperity preacher, but I'm an abundance preacher. God doesn't just want you walking in prosperity, folks. He wants you walk, walking in super abundant provision. And how that manifests in these end times, you know, it might just manifest... In miraculous supply, not necessarily you'll be handed money. Money might become worthless. I I put it to you that the fall of Babylon might make that happen. But if you've got all the gold and silver that there is in your part of the world, then they're coming to you. The kings are coming to you. We We need you to restart the economy because it just fell apart because Babylon fell. They might not necessarily understand the spiritual dynamics, but they might say, you're the only person we know, in a 500 mile radius, with enough money to get people provided for, to get this economy kick-started again. You see, God has an alternative economy and it's the manifestation of that, the seen glory of God. Okay? It's the manifestation of that, that I believe triggers the fall of Babylon and takes advantage of the fall of Babylon and shows people that in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be exalted above all other mountains. Again, I teach that in Bible college. Penetrating the seven mountains. Taking them over. How do you do that? You do it by money. How does Bill Gates do what he does right now? Because he's the money. How does the, the Amazon guy, uh, is it Bezos? How does Zuckerberg, all these merchants of the earth, how are they managing to control things? Because they've got the bucks. But God wants you to have the wealth because He's already, see, they, they get wealth to get power, but God gives you power to get wealth. God reverses it so that you can use His dunamis power to draw and magnetize the wealth of the nations towards you, so that then rather than them dictating things, you do. Now, I said I was going to close a minute ago, a few minutes ago. So I'm doing it now. Uh, I'm leaving off here and we will come back to this. We'll look at all this stuff again. It's so vital, so important. So get plugged into this and say, go before God and say, Lord, I want to be part of your kingdom and commandments. Show me how. In Jesus' name, folks, be blessed and be prosperous. Until next time, God bless.